the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we are going to bring you part seven in our, our series entitled The God of All Comfort. He is the God who comforts us not only in some of our troubles, not only in a few of our troubles, but in all of our troubles, especially in these uncertain times. As we continue in this new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Delta and Omicron variants. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but also in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, and the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. And now we have to deal with global conflict. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you, stay tuned. Stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that introduction. We always get blessed by the introductions by which uh, God uh, gives to you. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And what a series we've been doing on the God of all comfort. We are building this series off of the text in 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 4, and compare that to verses 4 through 11. The God of all comfort. Truly, he is the God of all comfort. And when we look back on our lives, we can say amen to that, that he has been a comforting God in the good, bad, and the ugly in our lives. And he's still a God of comfort to us, no matter what we go through, if we trust in him, if we trust in him. Now, uh, I had said last uh, Saturday, uh, I talked about why uh, do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? You want to listen to part uh, one on that particular uh, part of it, because even though we're at part seven, uh, there's in terms of bad things happening to good people. I talked about that like a part one on that, and this is like a part two on that. Uh, And 
That's a real important question. That's an excellent question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And uh, we need to answer that from a biblical and apologetic standpoint. Now, uh, when we look at bad things happening to us, it's important for us to understand that bad things happening to us from the perspective of God. Now, this is a very important point. Bad things happening to us from the perspective of God is really God-ordained many times. And we don't see it that way when we're in the mix and we're in the muck and mire of it, because uh, our human nature, we want good things to happen to us all the time. Well, if good things happen to us all the time, we would just be spoiled brats. That's what we would be. We'd be spoiled brats. And it would be uh, an instrument by which the devil would use to turn us away from God, because that's where pride comes in. When everything is going good, we a lot of times get away from God. So sometimes God got to throw in there some bad things to happen in our lives to keep us humble. That's what he did with the Apostle Paul when he had that thorn in his flesh. He said that God kept him humble in the midst of that. But that was a bad rascal in that man's life, that thorn in his flesh. And he went to the Lord three times to remove it. And God just told him, my grace is sufficient for thee in your weakness. He just kept it there <laughs> just to keep him humble. There's some things in your life that you wish that God would just remove. But my friend, uh, he put it there for a purpose. Romans 8 and 28. Remember what that says? But all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. And so God has a purpose. And the things that happen in your life, even the bad things, even the good, bad, and the ugly. Now, let's put this thing another way. Uh, Why do bad things happen to people by which God allows those things to happen to them? Now, that's a good way to look at it. Why do God allow those things to happen in our lives? You know, uh, and there's nothing wrong with using the word and saying the word why, because some preachers will tell you, you should never ask the question why. You should never do that. Well, I beg to differ. We we shouldn't ask the question why with doubt. We We should ask the question why with trusting God that he'll give us an answer in the why. Why do I say that? Because Jesus, even on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou forsaken me? Well, he asked the question why, because he wanted to know why did God forsake him? That was the human side of Jesus. Now, uh, it's important for us to understand and answer this question biblically and apologetically. Why do good things or bad things happen to good people. Now, I want to share with you eight reasons why God allows bad things to happen to his people. Eight reasons why God allowed bad things to happen to his people. And you might want to write all of these eight points down. We're going to take us a while to get through it, 
but we have to go through it to get to it, my friend. And that's true in life. You know, C.S. Lewis said this powerful thing one time. He said, he used the two Ps. God whispers to us in our pleasures. That's the first P. And then the second P is that he shouts at us in our pain. (laughs) Isn't that true? I mean, when you're going through pain, that's the time when God can get your attention like no other time. Oh, that's a powerful quote from C.S. Lewis, a great Oxford scholar. Now, number one, God allows bad things to happen to people to test our faith. Now, make a note of that. That's so important. God allows bad things to happen to people to test our faith, to test the validity of our faith, to test the loyalty of our faith, to test the faithfulness of our faith in our lives. You know, in our lives, I've said this so many times, our lives are like tea bags. You don't know how tough we are until we are put into the hot water. And the hot water is the real test to see if we will have true faith, genuine faith, or fake faith, or counterfeit faith. Listen now, God is allowing tough testing in our lives. You know, Dr. Tony Evans uh, just wrote a book uh, talking about God's divine disruption, God's divine disruption. I would encourage you to get that book because he talks about how God uh, in our lives can disrupt it at any time. That book has ministers to so many people, his son and his daughter, they all wrote the book together. Uh, and he will disrupt things in your life for a purpose. You said, well, everything's been going good. Well, everything is not going to always go good, my friend. You need to prepare your hearts for that. And Dr. Tony Evans, uh, within one year, his wife passed, uh, I think his sister, and then he ended up getting COVID. It's just one disruption after the next. And he spoke at the religious broadcasters, which you can listen to that message. It's a very powerful message. But he talked about the disruption of God, and his faith was really tested. You know, it's going to come a day when somebody in your own family is going to leave this planet. Could be your wife, could be your husband, could be your children, could be your grandchildren. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Is your faith on the rock? When the storm comes, the rock is Jesus, (laughs) because it's going to come. If your faith is on the sand, oh, my friend, you're going to be a sad situation. Now, another man, uh, E.V. Hill, the late Dr. E.V. Hill, great preacher, great black preacher, Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church there in Los Angeles. His first wife died uh, before him. Her name was Sadie. And he said he was devastated, like any man should be, being married. He was married over 30-something years, his wife, Sadie. And he said God put him to a real test with that. 
He said he's always talked to people about the test of faith, but he said when it came hitting in his own home, he said that was a disruption. Now, but he said he found comfort in the book of Job, and he said he preached her funeral. He did the eulogy, and he preached on the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord from Job. Now, he said when he had Sadie, he was blessing the Lord all over the place. (laughs) But when God took her, he said that was the hardest thing for him to do, is to bless the Lord when something's taken away. What about you, my friend? What, what What if your car is taken? What if your job? What if your health? What if somebody in your family close to you is taken? What if your eyesight is taken? Can you bless the Lord under those circumstances? You say, I've been blessing the Lord when he gives. Oh, most of us do. But what about the big challenge when things are taken away from you, my friend? See, now Paul was able to do that when he had the thorn in his flesh. He still was able to bless the Lord. Now, uh, I'm going to bring this home in a minute here. Uh, but this divine disruption has a way of shaking us, breaking us, humbling us, changing us with a real test of of faith. And I'm going to continue this because uh, this is a powerful message here, but I'm going to say this in closing on this note. God wants to develop in us a faith that is a lasting faith, an eternal faith that will endure any test, trial, and tribulation. Look at those three T's. Test, trial, tribulation. And you can have a destructible faith or an indestructible faith. But God is trying to build in you an indestructible faith and an eternal lasting faith because he's preparing you and me for heaven. (laughs) Not everybody's going to go there unless they have this indestructible faith. I pray that you repent of the doubting of the Lord and surrender your life to him as Lord and Savior. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. I'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry. We know that your prayers are being effectual. We know that God is hearing those prayers because we're still on the air after so many years. And we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your consistency. And we also thank you for your financial blessings because this ministry costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And uh, without your listener support, we couldn't do what we do. And so we need your consistent prayers 
as well as your consistent giving so that we can continue and remain steadfast in our commitment to keep this program going. And so we want to thank you. We also want to encourage you, continue to pray and continue to give. So important, so vital. Consistency is the key. Just like in anything that you do, if you want to get good at it, you've got to be consistent. And we need your consistency when it comes to helping us remain on the air. There's two ways that you can donate. You can write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We just thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you so much for your commitment. And, you know, if you've never uh, been able to give and God has blessed you to do so, we want to encourage you. Now is a great time to do that, to help us continue to, to reach people, to continue to give reasons and answers for faith, to continue to be a blessing to this listening audience. Dr. Buckner. Amen, Brother Gary. Appreciate that very much. And we uh, just thank everybody out there in Radio Land for your constant prayers. And again, we want to encourage people uh, to write us and just let us know how much of the program has blessed you. Uh, we need to be encouraged with that. That means a whole lot to us. And not only, uh, you know, send us a letter and tell us how much you're getting blessed, but be a blessing financially because uh, our tank is getting empty. So we really need to have people to step up like they've never stepped up before. Even tonight, uh, step out on faith and just respond tonight. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. If he's speaking to you, uh, don't quench the spirit. Uh, you know, just respond and be a blessing. We appreciate that. All right, Brother Gary, let's get to uh, our callers. All right. We have CC on line one. Cece, how are you doing? I'm hanging there. How are you guys doing? Oh, we are truly blessed. Truly blessed. Appreciate your your call. And uh, what did you get out tonight? What spoke to you? What stood out for you tonight through the word? When you said it's easy to praise him when everything is going good, but what if he takes somebody like your like if your family member died? And you mentioned about the pastor's wife, how his how his wife died, and how he was praising her, praising the Lord when she was alive when he took her. He had to learn how to continue to praise through that, and that was very powerful, you know. And you said if he took any other possessions, you know, like whatever, you know, something that's very important to you, could we praise him then? And that really stuck out to me. Oh, all right. Praise the Lord. I'm sure it spoke to a lot of other people out there as well. What a word for us to, tonight. Uh, well, I gave you a little bit of homework. Do you remember the question that I uh, threw at you? Uh, yeah, yes, I do. Okay, so what was the question? Just make sure we're on the same page. You had mentioned um, about Jesus' tomb, and people preached that there was an empty tomb. Correct. And then I had said, do some homework on, was it an empty tomb? And then what type of homework did you come up with that? 
I'll say a few things leading up to that, and I'll try to make it quick as possible. I know it's not a sermon because I know other audience are listening out there, but I'll say a few things. I'll try to be quick as possible. Um, you know, by way of an introduction, one of the things um, that I noticed as I was doing a biographical sketch on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is one of the most powerful uh, doctrines in all Scripture, one thing I noticed is that um, if I was to do a his, if you were to do a historical context on the ministry of Christ and his disciples, you notice that Jesus constantly, constantly warned the disciples that he would be killed and raised on the third day. He said, for he was teaching the disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and when he is killed after three days, he will rise. And then on another occasion, he said, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a fish, so the Son of Man shall be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, with second to talking about his death and his resurrection. And then the temple that had been destroyed by Solomon, uh, Solomon's temple when it was destroyed in 58 B.C. by the Babylonians, the second temple was being rebuilt, and Jesus stood in middle of the construction site while the temple was being built, and he said this to the religious leaders. He said, rebuild this temple, and in three days I'll rebuild it. They said, it's taken us 46 years to rebuild this temple. You're going to rebuild it in three days? He was speaking of his death and his resurrection. And then Jesus had warned his disciples. He told them, he said, I lay down my life for my sheep. And... Um, he, he constantly um, laid those things out. And if we were to look back on the Sabbath day, or after the, I mean, after the Sabbath day, Mary Magdalene, uh, the mother of James, was, bringing, uh, was going to anoint, bring his spices to anoint the body of Jesus. When they came to the cave, I'm going to close in this, they noticed that the, sto- the cave, the stone was rolled back. And when they walked into the tomb, there was a, a young man dressed in white, which is an angel, said, the Savior is not here, he is risen. And we understand the Greek word for resurrection is the word ageru. And we also understand that there are three people, three, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and the Father, for God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are responsible for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll say this in closing. The tomb, to me, it was not empty because... The linen cloth that was wrapped around the linen cloth that was wrapped around his head, the napkin, and the clothes that was wrapped around his body were there at the tomb. So that was forensic legal evidence that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Plus, the angel was there, and he left it there with plain evidence. And if they was, and I'll say this in closing, they was doing when investigators are doing forensic legal evidence on a, a murder scene. The first thing they use, they use something called alumina, where you can see blood, you can see uh, saliva, you can see DNA uh, that you can't see the normal eye. All of those elements was there on the cloth of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible tells us, believe if we confess in our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. As Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father except by me. There is no other way, no other name into heaven by which people be saved. So believing on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and believing in his atoning death is how we receive salvation. If we don't, then we will have to spend eternity in hell. As it says, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. Good job. Uh, I really am touched by the 
the homework you did and especially, you know, building up and then your conclusion, because you demonstrated evidence that it was not an empty tomb. So when we hear people preaching, it was an empty tomb. Uh, yeah, somewhat, you know, but there was evidence there too. So it's it was a balance between uh, what uh, CC brought out tonight as well as Jesus was risen from the dead. So good job. Good job. We appreciate what you have done and the, the research you did. And do you have any, before we go to the commercial break, uh, any uh, prayer requests? Yeah, you can pray for um, um, just my mother, uh, Rosalinda, and my family, and um, just pray for me. And I want to say this also, that a lot of archaeologists had did a lot of research, I, I found this out, to try to debunk the resurrection, and the, over, the, the evidence was so overwhelming that the art, unbelieving archaeologists actually got saved trying to debunk the resurrection. That was how much evidence was there that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Many have, many have archaeologists uh, that become, uh, that was atheist, agnostic, became theist. So true. Very true. All right, Brother Gary, let's let's pray for our brother's prayer request. Lord, we just thank you for Brother CC. We thank you for blessing him with wisdom and knowledge and understanding of your word. We pray to continue to do so, Lord God. We also lift up his family, Lord, continue to bless his mom. We pray also, Lord God, that you would just uh, give CC opportunities to to be able to share the word of God with his church, with other uh, believers and non-believers, as, as you lead him to different folks, Lord God, that you would use him as he grows in your word. We also pray, Lord, for our world today, particularly the folks in Ukraine who have been uh, bombed out of their homes and uh, fleeing across the borders. We pray, Lord God, for your divine intervention, that you would meet the needs of these people, that you would give them at this time a special sense of your comfort, Lord God, because they are, are without home, without shelter, without anything, uh, just th their lives, thankfully. But we pray, Lord God, because many of them lost loved ones, many of them lost everything, but you are the God of all comfort, and we pray that you would comfort them and that uh, as they enter and cross the borders into other lands, that they would be welcomed and that they would find shelter and a place to lay their head with food and and, and clothing and the things that they need, Lord God. This is a terrible situation. We pray, Lord God, for our leadership. We pray that you give them wisdom. We pray that you give them courage and backbone to stand up against tyranny and evil in the world and that you would move in a mighty way, that people would wake up to what's going on. You, you brought COVID on the planet and they still didn't wake up. And now we have this situation where... We, we're trying to get folks' attention. We pray that you get their attention, that they would turn to you and seek your face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Cece, for your call and your research as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. You got it. Well, we've Go got ahead. four minutes, so you want to uh, try to get Jermaine uh, at least to hear his question? Yes, let's do that. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. How you doing, Brother Jermaine? I'm doing very well. Uh, good to be back on the air with you guys tonight. Good to have you back with us. And let's get your question. And then when we come back from the commercial break, we'll try to address it. 
Yeah, um, just, you know, uh, Brother Gary kind of touched on it, but this current situation that, that's facing the world with Russia and uh, the uh, war that started, I, I um, you know, I hear some Christians talk about Jesus and Christians almost sh- should be pacifists and almost let somebody just go ahead and kill you because it's it's better for your soul. But I don't find that in Scripture, and I almost think that's uh, sometimes almost borderline blasphemous if your family's being abused and you're able, but you do nothing. I just wanted to know, uh, you know, hear your thoughts on when it's time for believers to actually fight, even if it's, you know, to the death in a situation where it's self-defense or defense of someone else. Because I look at the situation, and I put myself in the shoes of people being invaded, and it's like, okay, so at what point do you act to, to protect? And, you know, what point do you flee to protect? So I just want to hear your thoughts on that. All right. Sounds like a very good question. Well, let's uh, get to that when we come back from the commercial break. Brother Gary. All right. Well, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. Let us know what's on your mind. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. I'm going to be your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. As we mentioned earlier, we just want to thank everyone who has been faithful in their prayers for this ministry, as well as being faithful in giving. Um, Dr. Buckner mentioned, you know, that the the, the bottom of the bucket's getting kind of low. and We need you guys to step up to the plate so that we can continue to do what we need to do for um, taking care of the bills uh, to keep this ministry on the air. It costs us 400 a week to do what we do. And that's nothing to sneeze at. We don't get paid. We don't take a salary. Everything goes straight back in to support the airtime. And so, we just need you to be faithful. We need you to be faithful in prayer and we need you to be faithful in giving so that we could continue to do what we need to do. You don't want to turn the radio on on a Saturday night and expect to hear us. And all of a sudden we're no longer there because the, the giving stopped. And so we know that's not going to happen, but we just, we just want to encourage you be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving. There's two ways you can donate. You can write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, are we ready to get back to uh, Brother Jermaine? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Brother Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, well, let's uh, address your concern uh, around uh, defense and that sort of thing for the Christian. Well, you know, historically, um, the church has been divided in this area, 
uh, there have been uh, Christians throughout history uh, that have been pacifists and non-pacifists. And the issue was a problem back early in history, back earlier in Christendom time. And it's a problem, an issue today, and it's not going to change. It depends on one's own conviction and that sort of thing. Uh, and somebody may say, well, what biblical scripture do you have for uh, Christians defending themselves? Well, uh, I think it's very clear uh, that uh, Jesus in uh, Luke 22 and 36 uh, talked about he that has no sword, uh, that uh, he should sell his, his garment or cloak and buy one. And Jesus was telling his disciples that you know, he was giving them permission to have swords and a sword and use it. And I know that there are some people that uh, hold to a different view than that. Uh, but my position is that Jesus was giving them permission to uh, defend themselves in uh, Luke chapter 22 and verse 36. Uh, and even Peter, you remember, uh, he had a sword. Uh, and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear. Now, the reason why Jesus told him to put it up and don't do that in that context is because Jesus didn't need any defense. He said he has 12 legions of angels to come to his rescue. So Peter was out of line trying to defend Jesus. He didn't need any defense. He uh, So Peter was wrong, and he, Jesus told him, he that live by the sword will perish by it. Because Peter was being, uh, you know, um, aggressive in the wrong way. So um, I believe that when things get so bad, and we are leading in that direction now with this dictator, uh, you know, Putin, uh, everything has a biblical uh, precedent with it. And I think if we just look at everything on a political level, and don't look at things on a biblical level and a prophecy level, we'll lose sight. You remember Jesus said in Matthew 24, there would be wars and rumors of wars. And this is what's happening right before us today. He said that before his coming, that would be one sign of his coming. Um, and, you know, Putin is a conditioning uh, dictator, a gangster, uh, one that is a type of antichrist in his own way. And this is just a conditioning preparing us for the future antichrist that will come. Now, when he arrives, uh, there will be pacifist Christians who will uh, put their heads on the chopping block and be amputated and for the sake of Christ and saying no. But there will be others uh, that will be underground and they will uh, fight for their families, their property, and everything else. So, uh, you know, I respect both pers uh, perspectives. I don't think there's just one set way that people can say, this is the way you should do it. You know, I believe in defense myself personally, you know, for my property and uh, the property of the Lord and my family, my children, and, uh, you know, uh, that's the reality check. It's just like if somebody breaks into your home, uh, you know, you, you you can sit up there and just let them take everything, or you can 
defend your home. You have the right to defend your home. You have the right to defend your property. So anyway, it, it's uh, an oxymoron type of thing, but I think that uh, there's no set uh, way that we should do this. But I do know that Jesus said, sell your cloak and buy one if you don't uh, have a sword. So uh, I use that as my biblical basis for defense. If somebody else says, uh, I don't believe in that, I believe that we should be pacifists, I respect it. Okay, if you, is that what the Lord calling you to do? More power to you. But if you want to do, be into defense, uh, I say more power to you as well in the name of Jesus. So anyway, hopefully that kind of gives you a little insight into the situation. Oh, yes, sir. And I, I agree with you. And I just, I think some people are called to do different things in the kingdom. And, you know, I, I uh, I'll say my beliefs align more to you. And one thing that always comforts me is Psalm 144, verse 1, where David talks about, blessed be the Lord who gives him strength and teaches his hands to war to fight, but in a righteous sense. I'm just going to understand that. Yeah. Those people overseas and, and the Russians who do not want to be there, because I've seen some of the captured soldier statements, and not everybody even wants to be there. They're in the Lord's hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I believe the Bible prophecy is kind of like puts uh, Russia into some dynamics in Ezekiel 38 and 39 and Gog and Magog. So, uh, Russia will be used greatly in the end of time by the enemy. And this is just a conditioning right now that's happening. We got to keep our eyes on prophecy. Can't just be on politics and it can't just be praying. We need to pray. Yeah, we need to pray, but we need to keep our eyes on God, keep our eyes on the sovereign Lord and know the truth because the truth will make us free and know what God says in his word to do. That's what we need to do. Well, anyway, thank you for your uh, your call. Uh, we're going to try to get to some of these other questions uh, before our time is up. Thank you for your call and your question. Always appreciate your good questions. All right. God bless All right. you. All right. Let's go to uh, Brother Rick has been holy. Brother Rick, how you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? Oh, uh, we're truly blessed. Truly blessed. Good to uh, have you call in. And what's on your heart tonight? I came across a very interesting uh, passage in Hebrews 12, 1. And mm-hmm. it talks about a cloud of witnesses. Now, some people say those cloud of witnesses are believers in heaven. There are, other view- there, are there other views as well that are biblically based? Well, there are. You know, there's several different, uh, uh, you know, positions and interpretations of this passage. Um, I personally believe that the cloud of witnesses uh, are those who have been uh, mentioned in the previous chapter, in chapter 11. So those are the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. Uh, I don't believe it's a cloud of witnesses in heaven. They're not conscious of what's going on uh, right now down on the earth, and God is not engulfing them with that. Witnesses always refer to uh, in the context of the word itself, is always something that relates to uh, people on earth and giving a witness uh, to a more. Uh, so these witnesses is really uh, following up from the previous chapter. The, the writer of Hebrews is mentioning 
those cloud of witnesses by faith that gave their testimony that gave their testimony and they witnessed for for the truth and died they are our witnesses to tell us um you know how strong they were how faithful they were and how dedicated they were to truth and witnessing and we can look at their examples and follow that uh in our own witnessing life as well Amen. So hopefully, so hopefully that helps out. That's a different perspective that I don't know how many people have heard that before, but I think the context tells us where we should go with all of this. It's a, uh, a follow-up to that, and basically it's like if we use them as, as an example, basically it's a way to exhort us to uh, keep going. Absolutely. Yeah, they are an, right, right. There are the uh, encouragers in the past, uh, the witnesses in the past, those who uh, gave their lives, those who committed their lives, and they were a tremendous witness. So we can look at their life and gain great strength through their faith in God and apply it to us today. So that's what that's the way I would look at that and the word witness itself and the fact that, you know, uh, in heaven, people are re- worshiping God, rejoicing, this is a troubled world. They're not going to be focusing all upon what's the craziness on this earth. Uh, okay. So anyway, we appreciate it. You, you have any prayer requests? We're going to try to get to uh, Sister Diane before the program ends. So you, yeah, you have any prayer requests, prayer requests real quick? Just keep my brother and sister in Miami right now. Pray that it goes well for them. And uh, that I, after my brother comes back, we're going to meet together with him and his and the attorney for a family. Okay. Well, we're going to lift that up in prayer and have Brother Gary to do that. Brother Gary? All right. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to be with him, strengthen him, and encourage him. Lord God, we pray for his family, his siblings, Lord God, and uh, we pray for everything to go smoothly uh, as they transition, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would always bring peace to the to the family, to the to the brothers and sisters, Lord God, that they would always be able to agree and to love each other and move forward. And we pray for their salvation as well, Lord God, that you would touch their lives with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, Amen. for your call. You. All right. God I bless you. Ma- I just wanted to mention something that you shared uh, tonight. You, might, you, you reminded us that if everything went well all the time, we would be spoiled brats. Is it, is it no accident that the word faith uh, believes that everything should go well all the time? <laughs> That's so true. That's why their doctrine is false, because whatever uh, doctrine that they got that from, it's not in the Bible. That's uh, mysticism, and that's uh, her- heretical teaching that has nothing to do with the Bible. So that's a good point, Rick. Thank you so much for that. All right, God All right. bless. We'll talk All right, God bless. God bless. All right, real quick, let's go to uh, Sister Diane. Sister Diane, how you doing? I am doing very well, and how are you? Well, we are truly blessed. Good to hear your voice. Thank you, Dr. Buckner. Listen, what I'm calling about tonight, I want to ask the listening audience as well as yourself and those ministers that work with you to lift up those families in the Ukraine in prayer. You're talking about things not going well. I have a friend over there who is a pastor. He had to abandon his church 
abandoned home. He was in um, Odessa, Ukraine, and here for Moldova. And he had intended to stay. But I'm sure when he took into consideration his wife and his children, he made the final decision to leave. Those people's lives have been totally disrupted, turned upside down by this land grab that Putin is making. Now, we know land grabs are very prevalent in the Bible. Uh, Somebody was always looking over somebody else's land and resources, and they go in there with war and take it away from them. So I just want us to pray for the community of faith over there, for the Christian churches over there, and for the pastors who have been laboring to take the gospel into the Ukraine. Those people are suffering. That is so true, Sister Diane. Thank you so much for that. This is a great way to end on this note that we all join in to pray uh, for the people of Ukraine, the pastors and the people there, because they are going through a living hell and we, they need God uh, on their side. They need God to get them through this storm. Yeah. And so we're going to ask everybody right now in the Bay Area that's heard Sister Diane's uh, cry out for prayer, that we join in together right now in closing this program and lifting up prayer for the Ukrainian people and, uh, and beyond. All right, let's go before the Lord in prayer on this. Brother Gary. So, Lord, we just, once again, we lift up the people of Ukraine. We pray, Lord God, especially for the family of believers that are there, Lord God, that have been disrupted by this evil. We pray, Lord God, that you, Lord God, we be the God of all comfort to them. We pray, Lord God, for your provision to flow into their lives. We pray, Lord God, that you would uh, move in a mighty way, Lord God, to provide shelter for these people, to provide food and and everything that they need as they flee from their homes and uh, their lives have been disrupted. That, that, Lord God, as they cross these borders, that they would find acceptance, that they would find shelter, that they would find open arms. We pray, Lord God, that you would give wisdom, Lord God, to the leadership there, and as well as to the, the nations of this world, that they would demand justice uh, for, the, for the folks in Ukraine. We pray... Lord God, that you would move in a mighty way, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would come against every principality and power that is at work through uh, Russia to disrupt the the world and and the Ukrainian people. We pray, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would move upon the hearts of believers in this country. We have been so blessed that nothing has come on our American soil. But, Lord God, we need to... We need to take responsibility through prayer. We need to take responsibility and, and give financially as well that these folks would, would have help and, and, and the help that they need to be able to continue. And Lord God, we ask, Lord God, for wisdom for our leaders, that they would make good decisions in terms of how to handle this situation. We pray, Lord God, for the president to have backbone. We pray, Lord God, that the president would find new wisdom, that he would know what to do and and not knuckle under to uh, tyranny in this world. And, Lord God, I pray also that we would get our priorities right in America, that we would seek your face, Lord God, and seek your will, Lord God, and get our eyes off of representation and all of these foolish things that are happening in in our country that we're 
majoring in the minors instead of making the main thing important, which is you. Lord, help us today. Forgive us our sins and help us to do, to do right in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Well, we hear that music. Thank you, Sister Diane. God bless you and your husband and family. Thank you so much. Well, we've come to end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. We're always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.